It should be 153, Steve. 153. Back up the slide. We seem to have the wrong number, or I gave him the wrong number. <laughs> One of the two. 153 is our song we're going to start singing to start our worship service off. Come, let us worship and bow down. service, especially our visitors. We're so happy that you're here, and we hope you will uh, stay around a little bit after service so that we can get to know you. We need to really strive and, and understand how much God really loves us and that uh, he tells us how he wants to be worshipped in spirit and in truth. So, what we're doing, we're, we're worshiping God. We're not here to be entertained. Uh, we're not here to set other people above. We're here to worship our God. And I'm so happy that you're here, and I hope that you uh, worship God with us. Let me jump off the ship for a second. Uh, Lydia sent me a card. Lydia, I want you to know that I am going to take your advice. I am going to walk by faith and not by sight. I'm going to do the best I can. Also, I received a card from the, the ladies' uh, Bible study. Uh, uh, sisters, you really bound us together. You really keep us together with the love you show by sending uh, cards to the ones who need it. And I thank you for that as, uh, as my wife, Brenda, was reading some of your, uh, some of your comments. And I, I just, it just 
it just brings joy to my heart. Thank you so much. Please, let's go to our Heavenly Father. Father, we come to you thanking you for being our God, Father. Thanking you for giving us a way to communicate with you through prayer. Thank you for sending us our Savior, Jesus Christ, because we fell short, Father. Father, just knowing that even in the, in the beginning, when, when man fell, that you, you, uh, you, you had a way to bring us back. And that was through the death, burial, and resurrection of your son, Jesus Christ. Thank you for that. Father, we uh, ask you to heal our sick in his body. Father, we ask you also, the ones who have lost their way, we ask you to be that light so they, they can find Jesus and, Father, they can be saved. Father, as we look around uh, your creation, we see a lot, of, a lot of unhappiness. We see a lot of fighting. We see a lot of war. Father, we pray that you give us peace. And the only person we have peace in is Jesus Christ. Father, please... Uh, Please look at the, the ones who are without help or the ones who feel like uh, there's no hope, Father. Father, use us, use us to, to bring them hope by sharing Jesus with them. Father, continue to watch over us, take care of us, Father. We love you so much. We pray this prayer in Jesus' name, amen. If it's convenient for you, let's stand and sing number 15 together. 15, step by step. Oh God, you are my
470. Victory in Jesus. We have victory in Jesus, do we not?
Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, we gather here this morning in your presence to worship you and to fellowship with one another. Father, we pray that our worship is pleasing to you and that it is uplifting to us. Father, we thank you that you love us so much. We thank you that your love is faithful. We know, Father, that even before time began, you loved us, you made a plan for us, and then you sent your Son to walk among us, to demonstrate that love, to show us how to love one another. And Father, then, in the act of greatest love, he laid his life down on the cross for our sins. Father, we thank you for his example. We thank you for the hope. And Father, we do long for the day that we'll be in heaven with you. Father, we pray your blessings on those of our number that are struggling with health problems. We have many. Please lay your healing hand upon them and return them to us. Father, we have some that are recovering from surgery. We pray that you give them a good recovery. Father, we pray for those that are lonely, those that are downtrodden. Lift them up and encourage them. Father, we pray for those of our number that are struggling with the problems of old age. And we pray that you'd help us to minister to them and that they might be strengthened. Give them a good outcome to their lives. Father, we pray for the many efforts that we're making in this community to spread your word. Father, we pray that each one might be involved in that in some way. And Father, we pray that you uh, bring forth a good harvest, that many might come to you through our efforts. Father, we pray for the turmoil in the Middle East. We pray, Father, that you would guide those that are leading that, help them to do the things that are right in your sight. Father, we ask for a peaceful end to that, if it po at all possible. Father, we pray for those of our military that are in that area and pr pray that you protect them from harm. Father, we thank you for the opportunity to be here this morning. We pray for Matt as he speaks to us. Help each of us to clear our minds of worldly thoughts and help us to center our minds solely on you. Please bless our time here together. We ask all this in Jesus' holy name. Amen. Help prepare our minds to take the Lord's Supper. We're going to see number 313 together. 313. On a hill far away
to help prepare our hearts and minds to partake of the Lord's Supper, I'm going to read from John chapter 15, uh, first 11 verses. I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. Already you are clean because of the word that I have spoken to you. Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine. You are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he is it that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch and withers. And the branches are gathered and thrown into the fire and are burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. By this my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit, and so prove to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, as I have kept my Father's commandments, and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may be in you, and that your joy may be full. So that passage covers several things. It starts out discussing that Jesus is the true vine, and that we are the branches, and that we can do nothing of meaning without him. While we can do good works, if they're not for him, they're done in vain. Let us go to our Father in prayer. Father, we thank you for giving us the opportunity to come to learn about you and to focus on the goodness that you bring to us and that the sacrifice that you made for us is not for us to be despondent and despaired and sorrowful, but to be grateful and joyful and express that through gratitude and to be able to love you just as much as you've loved us. Love is about sacrifice and you have shown us what the greatest love can be. Let us merely turn back and give a portion of that love back to you as we look at following you and following your commandments as we go through our, our lives. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Let us continue in prayer for the cup. Father, that sacrifice that you made by giving your son, spilling his blood so that we could be forgiven, the, the punishment that he bore for the mistakes that we've made, help us have that gratitude, the joy and the love that goes with that, knowing that we aren't responsible for all that we have done. Let us exemplify our love through you, to you, through service, for you. In Jesus' name, amen.
Let us give thanks for the offering. Father, we approach your throne again, grateful for the opportunity we have to live in the most blessed nation on earth. We thank you for the material blessings that you give us, the talents and abilities that you have afforded us so that we may go off and earn a living. And all that you ask back from us is a small portion of that, of which you have already given us, so that the works in your kingdom can be done through us in this area. Father, we ask for wisdom and guidance to be granted to the elders as they use the funds that we are going to be giving them so that they, the benefits to your kingdom can be maximized here. And Father, let us also recognize that you ask more than just our monetary uh, gifts. You are looking for our time and our talent as well. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. morning everyone today i'll be reading john 14 verses 10 to 11. do you not believe that i am in the father and the father is in me the words that i say to you i do not speak on my own authority but the father who dwells in me does his works believe me that i am in the father and the father is in me or else believe on account of the works themselves This time the children that are second grade and below are dismissed to go back to their Bible hour. Uh, we're gonna, if you want to mark the invitation song, it's gonna be number 916. 916 is the invitation song. Let's stand and sing number 166 together, and then Matt will bring us our lesson. 166. All day long of Jesus I am singing.
The fountain of youth. When did the search for the fountain of youth begin? If we work our way backwards, who was the most famous recent person searching for the fountain of youth? Do you know your Florida history? That's right, Ponce de Leon. Do you know how long that that rumor of the fountain of youth has been around? Forever? The first writings about it showed up about 500 years before Jesus. People were still looking for it 300 years after Jesus. In fact, the Romans specifically, the, 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 the Romans specifically were looking for it after the 300 years after Jesus. And then actually they were looking for it, believe it or not, during the time of the Crusades. And then we get towards semi-modern history and you still have Ponce de Leon looking for the fountain of youth. Now what if I told you today that I can show you the way? What if I told you today that I'm the only one that has the truth of this way? And what if I told you today that if you just follow me, you can have life forever? Some people are shaking their heads back there. You don't want that? Not at all. Not at all. Well, what if we went back to your healthiest state first? Let's start there. We went back to your healthiest state. You're in the prime of your life. Sounds wonderful. In fact, many people were willing to set their whole life on this course. Many people were willing to die in search of this idea. It's an idea man's been searching for forever. To this day, we still try to feed our body what is best, put ourselves in the best circumstances. How many times have you thought about how many hours you sleep a night and how much you work and what you're putting in your body? You are doing so much to try to preserve your life. You turn on the TV and there's commercials every single day about medicine that's going to preserve your life. Don't forget it. Don't, don't worry about the side effects, but there's tons of medicine out there that can make your life better. Just ignore all those things at the very end. We have been searching for this forever. We look at our people and we say, oh, look, it's good. We are living longer. We are becoming more healthy. Everybody wants a longer life. It's just a reality. It's part of who we are. When a young person is robbed of their life, that's what we call it. We call it robbed, right? Because everybody deserves a long, enjoyable life. You see, the text we're talking about today in John chapter 14, it really hits to the core of our human nature. And I want you to see that before we ever get started. It really hits to the core. It doesn't matter if you're religious or not religious. It doesn't matter if you're Christian or not Christian. It does not matter. It hits to the human nature. Don't you want to live a long and wonderful life? And if your life was really wonderful, wouldn't you want it to be as long as possible? But it also is shaking for the people who hear it to, very, to their very core. Because there's a reality to what Jesus is saying that they've been told long before. 
So let's get into the text. John chapter 14. Let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. So let's stop right there. Verse 2. Jesus is making it very clear. Who's his dad? God. He is the son of God. Okay. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go and I prepare a place for you, I will come again and I will take you to myself. Now look how he writes this. Look how John writes this. Look how it reads. Don't miss this. Remember, we're studying about the great I am, the great Yahweh. The one who always was and always will be. The Alpha, the Omega. Everything that is to be came through him. And when it's time for it to be done, it will be finished by him. He says, so I will come again and I will take you to myself. That where I am, you may be also. It's not a trick. It's, at this point, not a secret. Anybody who reads the Bible in context can see very clearly exactly what Jesus is saying. And if you still have questions, don't worry. I have more verses. But I am telling you, and I want, to, I want to emphasize this as much as I can. There is a movement going on in the world right now that's trying to tell you as a good, faithful Christian person. They're trying to trick you into thinking that Jesus never said that he was God. It's a trick. There's not a single disciple that says Jesus never said he was God. In fact, they all proclaim that he was. The ones who were closest to him, they say it over and over in the books they write, in the letters they write in the New Testament. But Jesus himself, he's saying it over and over and over again as well through scripture. So don't miss it. It's a trick. To make you think that somewhere down the road, Western civilization turned Jesus into the son of God. This is not a new trick either. This is something that the world has been doing to the name of Jesus since really he died. They've been lying on his name since he died and rose again. It's never going to stop. But I do want you to be prepared because this is coming and I have seen literally where good, strong Christian people start to make concessions because they can't find that exact verse. And that's the problem with the world we live in today. And this is a total tangent, but I just want to share it. It's the problem. We're all trying to find that five words that say exactly what we want it to say. Read the Bible. Not all your answers are going to be in a five word perfect statement that you can highlight and go, there it is. We got to keep things in context, but don't miss what he's saying right here. That where I am, you may be also, all right, verse four, and you know the, and you know the way, and you know the way to where I am going. And of course it's Thomas. Wouldn't it be Thomas? 
I know, I'm picking on him, but just hear me out. Said to him, Lord, we do not know where you are going. We don't know where you're going. How can we know the way? If we don't know where you're going, how are we supposed to follow? If we have no idea where your destination is, how are we supposed to get there ourselves? Jesus said to him, I am the way. The truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you, have known, if you had known me, you would have known my Father also. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. Do you see that? Do you see what Jesus is saying to doubting Thomas and the rest of the disciples and everybody else who can hear him in this moment? Do you see what he's saying? If you have seen me, you have seen the Father. Look, Philip follows up and said to him, Lord, show us the Father and it'll be enough for us. It will be en- Just show us God and it'll be enough for us. And I'm telling you, yet again, very human nature. Every one of us in here at some point in our life, especially if we started following Jesus at a young age, every one of us has prayed for God to just, just reveal yourself one time. Just show me one time. I will never doubt again. I know I prayed that prayer probably a hundred times in my life, especially as a young person. And that's exactly what Philip is saying. Just, just show us the Father. Just let us have that moment like Moses. Just let us have that moment like Joshua. Just let us, just let us have that, that, that moment where we can see with our own eyes and never have to doubt again. And Jesus said to him, have I been with you so long and you still do not know me? You know what Jesus is saying in this moment? He's saying, what do I got to do? What do I got to do? I've shared my life with you. You've spent every single day with me. You've seen me every single day. You know without a doubt in your mind that there is nobody in your life that you have ever met that's been like me. Not to mention what I can do. I mean, think about this. You ever have a bad day? You ever wake up on the wrong side of the bed? You ever do things in the morning before you're even awake that you regret? Are you one of those people? I'm one of those people. Amy comes in and she's trying to wake me up and she's being all sweet and I'm like, get off me. I don't know what I'm doing yet. I'm still asleep. I'm trying to fight to stay asleep. It's just my reaction. Comes in to kiss me. Stop that. I don't mean it. I'm sure I've hurt her feelings before. I bet when we were newlyweds, I hurt her feelings a lot. Now she just knows, oh, grumpy butt. Ah, some of y'all are like me. I can tell by that laugh. I'm not the only one. I mean, when you live with somebody and you spend all the time, we don't even spend the amount of time. Me and my wife do not even spend the amount of time that Jesus and his disciples were spending together. She goes to work. I go to work. We go our separate ways. They went everywhere together. There was very few times where they were apart. They should have seen a lot of bad moments with each other and certainly with Jesus. The difference is they saw them with each other. They never saw them with Jesus. 
Don't you know who I am? Don't you know? You spend all this time with me, you still don't know? How can you say, show us the Father? Whoever has seen me has seen the Father. Verse 10, do you not believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? Notice what he's saying right there. He's saying, if I am in the Father and the Father is in me, then they together are, they're one. They're one. If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. I am in the Father. The Father is in me. The words that I say to you, I do not speak on my own authority, but the Father who dwells in me does his work. I am the embodiment of the Father. The things that I say, I do not speak on my own accord. I speak them because they are the will of the Father. And the reason why I can do that with my own free will is because we are the same. We are one. Believe me that I am in the Father and the Father is in me, or else believe on account of the works themselves. What is he saying? Who can do what I've done? Just tell me. Name your greatest people. Name your greatest prophets. Name your greatest people. Go through your scripture. Find your favorite, find your favorite people in history. Tell me one of them that can stack up to me. Tell me one of them that's done everything I've done. Oh, and by the way, show me one of them that did all the amazing things they did and didn't sin. How do you not know who I am by now? He says, even if you can't believe that me, being a man, is also God, at least believe what you've seen that you can't explain. The miracles, the wonders, the signs. I mean, think about it. They've heard God speak from the heavens and pronounce, announce, exclaim, Jesus, this is my son in whom I am well pleased. You might have a hard time with the concept, at least believe what you've seen and heard. Now, we've been looking at this from the concept of what did the Jews hear? Specifically, when every time they heard I am, they had to, that had to, that had to resonate with them. And if you go back and you look at these scriptures, you will see that he says I am a few times. He's not trying to hide it, guys. Jeremiah 31. This is probably one of the most important scriptures in the Old Testament we're going to look at today. It says, Behold, the days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and the house of Judah. Not like the covenant that I made with their fathers on the day when I took them by the hand to bring them out of the land of Egypt. My covenant that they broke, though I was their husband, declares the Lord. How'd they break that? Come back tonight. We'll talk all about it. For this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, declares the Lord. I will put my law within them and I will write it on their hearts and I will be their God and they shall be my people. And no longer shall each one teach his neighbor and each brother saying, know the Lord, for they shall know me. 
You've been with me all this time and you still don't know me? From the least of them to the greatest, declares the Lord. It doesn't matter who you are, you're going to know God. For I will forgive their iniquity and I will remember their sin no more. When does that happen? When does that happen? I'm going to be serious today. When does that happen? Go ask your Jewish friend. When does that happen? When does that happen? If Jesus is not the Messiah, when does that happen? You see, when they hear these words, the Jews, when they hear the words that Jesus is saying, this is what they think of. When he says, I am the way, the truth, and the life, this is what they think of. At this point right now, think about it, present time, Jesus' time, present time, Jesus' time. In the scripture in John 14, at this point right now, what are the Jews doing for their sins? They're still going to the temple, they're still making sacrifices, you remember? That's what they're doing. When Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life, no one comes to the Father except through me, he's telling them, those sacrifices, they're about to be null and void. I'm about to make the sacrifice for all the sacrifices. I'm about to be the one that actually lays down his life. I'm going to be the unblemished lamb of the new covenant. And from that point on, your sin will be forgiven. Truly forgiven. Not pushed forward to the moment where I do this. Truly forgiven. Isaiah 30, I noticed I stuck with some of the majors here. I didn't get into the minors because I want you to see that the scriptures from the greatest prophets of the Jews. I want you to see that they proclaim this. And Jesus uses their exact words. And though the Lord give you the bread of adversity and the water of affliction, this is Isaiah 30, yet your teacher will not hide himself anymore. Are they going through the bread of adversity and the water of affliction? Yeah, since Babylon, since Assyria. And it never stopped. Did he bring them back to the promised land? Yes, he did. Where are they at right now? They're sitting in the promised land. Remember, we're talking about Jesus, present time in John 14. They're sitting in the promised land. Are they living in the land of milk and honey? Or are they eating the bread and water of affliction? Here they are, enslaved, controlled by the Romans. They've had revolts that have maybe had some success, but still end up with Roman control. They're not even their own people. They're owned. Yet again. Just like where we started in Egypt. They're owned. And they're eating that bread of adversity and that water of affliction. Yet your teacher will not hide himself anymore, but your eyes shall see your teacher. I am the way, the truth, and the life. And your ears shall hear a word behind you saying, this is the way. Walk in it. When you turn to the right or when you turn to the left. Anybody have that moment still to this day? 
When you know you're getting off the path, is there that small, quiet, still voice in the back of your head saying, get back on track? That's right. We're going to get there. Don't jump ahead, Lex. That's right. Psalm 86, for you are great, you are great, and do wondrous things. You alone are God. Teach me your way, O Lord, that I may walk in your truth. Unite my heart to fear your name. This is David. This is their greatest king. Nobody argues that David's their greatest king. They might argue over who's the greatest prophet, but nobody argues over who was the greatest king. He's looking for a teacher to lead him on the way and give him the truth. Here he is again. He says, search me, O God, know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts and see if there be any grievous way in me and lead me to the way everlasting. You see, when Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life, Yet again, he's talking about this new covenant that is coming. The new covenant that the Jews are having a really hard time wrapping their mind around. They really want a guy to come in and be their Messiah and lead their country to becoming the nation of all nations, the rulers of the world. But that's not the way. You know, what's interesting is they did get promise something similar to that. And I've been pointing that out regularly with you with Solomon. All Solomon had to do was be like David. And the mess that you see over in Israel right now, you wouldn't be having that mess. But Solomon wasn't like David. He did not pursue God the way David did. And now you got a mess. Yet again, come back tonight, you'll learn a little bit more about that too. I wanted to finish with first John, I, I wanted you to see it in John's own words. So John is part of that moment where Jesus says, I am the way, the truth and the life. And to me, first John chapter five, this is him really explaining to you the way, the truth and the life. Now look at verse six. It says, this is he who came by. This is the way he who came by is the way you want to know the way. Do you want to know the way to eternal life? This is the way. Jesus said, if anyone wants to get to heaven, he must first take up his cross and follow me. This is the way he came. This is the way you go. So this is he who came by water and blood, water and blood. Let's just start there real quick. You've got blood. Blood's the easy one. Blood is the easiest one of them all. It doesn't take long to read through the scriptures and see that it takes blood. Blood is the price for sin. Blood is the price for sin. And never let that not be heavy. It should be heavy. Death, life, taking of a life is the price for sin. So he came by the blood. What blood? His own blood. The blood that he shed on the cross for his sin. No, wait. I, 
He's the unblemished lamb. He doesn't have sin. He did it for your sin. Not just your sin, all sin. Every single one in here, every single person that's ever lived, every single person that's going to live after us, that's the easy one. Then you got the water. And oh, by the way, if you read a little bit further down, it says, and the Spirit is the one who testifies because the Spirit is the truth, Lex. I told you we were going to get there. For there are three that testify. There are three. The water, the blood, and the Spirit. Well, how do you get the Spirit? You get the Spirit through the water and the blood. You get the Spirit through the blood of Jesus Christ that's given you the opportunity to have your sins washed away. And you also get it through baptism. When you decide that you're going to surrender your life to God right here, or any other body of water, as far as I'm concerned, if the puddle's deep enough, you can do it. And when you are baptized into Christ, you're raised, reborn to a newness of life and you become the temple of God. And where the temple is, guess what else is there? The spirit. There is no place to go and find God. God came and found you. God made his home in you. God dwells in you. And by the way, all three agree. This is the truth. This is what is the truth. It's the testimony of God that is greater than any testimony of men. Remember when we talked about the door and we talked about all the different testimonies of men and how you can get to that place, that green pasture? No. This is the testimony of God. And the testimony of God is really, for us, it's all about His Son. So you got the way, you got the truth. Look at this, verse 10. Whoever believes in the Son of God has the testimony in himself. Now, not only do you know the way because you're following the Son of God, but you have the truth that resides in you through the Spirit. The Spirit is truth. You have that testimony. You know it. I know it. Since whoever does not believe God has made him a liar. The liar is someone who does not tell the... Because he has not believed in the testimony. The testimony is the truth that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. And therefore the very essence of God... Concerning his son. And this is the testimony that God gave us eternal life. And this life is in his... That's the truth, the way, the truth, and the life. That's your eyewitness who was there that day, who heard Jesus speak these exact words, and he's bringing it to you now that Jesus is dead in the way that it applies to your life. Have you accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? Listen, there is no other way. I say it all the time, and I'll never stop saying it. There is no other way. The world's going to tell you there's a hundred different ways. There is one way to the Father, and that is through the cross of Jesus Christ. Amen. Are you living the truth? Not only living it, like following him step by step, but are you sharing it? You have a testimony. 
You know, this is a word that really sticks out to me. Testimony is powerful. You ever shared with somebody and they gave you their testimony and been moved by somebody else's testimony? Testimony is powerful. It's how God has really worked in your life for real in ways you cannot deny. I got a testimony, you do too. And it all revolves around his son. And what he's done for you. What he's done for me. Are we sharing that? Do we keep that to the, ourselves? You know, I sit and I look at faces and some of you, I know some of your story and some of you, I don't know any of your story. Are we sharing that with each other? I get up here and I tell you everything. Some of y'all are like, whoa, you don't have to tell us all that. But testimony is powerful. God has done real things in your life and real things in my life. We have people out here wondering if God is even real when you've really experienced him. Are you sharing your testimony? It shouldn't just be the blood, the water, and the spirit that testifies. It should be you as well. And do you have eternal life? And are you living in a way that people know that you don't live for this life anymore because you've got guaranteed eternal life just waiting for you on the other side? And if I'm only living for this life, this life will throw me all in all kinds of different directions. One day I'm this, the next day I'm that. You ever seen people that just live for this life? They're all over the place. They can't really make up their mind what they're looking for or what they're doing or who they're becoming. Are you living as if you have eternal life? Are you showing the world what it's like to live for eternal life? Because you have the way and you know it. Jesus said, I am the way. If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. You know the way. You have the truth and you know it. And you have the life. Let's live it. Where are you at today? If there's a need to respond to the invitation, you can come. As together we stay in the same.
morning. Since I've become an elder here, I've, I've noticed that, that when people come and they ask for their friends and their relatives to be prayed for, they have a desperation in their voice. They're serious. They really, they really mean it. And, and we always try to announce it, but I don't think we always, when we announce it, we don't always relay that importance. And we have several who, who've come today and have asked for prayers and we want to remember them and please, please pray for them. Elvie Bartlett has two sisters, Luz and Lena. Luz had a stroke. Lena is not in the best of health. She's asked that, that, that we pray for them. Rhonda Dickerson called this morning and said that uh, Lloyd is in AFib. And if his medicine doesn't kick in pretty quick and, and resolve it, he'll be going to the, he'll be going to the, to the hospital, probably the, probably the ER. Please, please pray for her. Others, others on our list that are in the bulletin, I'll just highlight a few of them. Uh, Brenda Scott is in Advent in, or, in Orlando. Bill Larner is, is at home still recovering from surgery that he had Wednesday. Amy Robinson, who's still continuing to have her check for her heart. Aiden Marino, grandson of the Gerds, broke both of his wrists. Now imagine how, how, useless, he, how useless he feels. And, and Mitzi is continuing to go under treatment for her cancer. And Lois Cox is transitioning to, to assisted living this week. And she's here with us today. Continuing to pray for Bobby Securo and for Leah Robertson. And also, a few weeks back, we gave everybody a card and asked them to write 10 names on it. Please continue to pray for those people. Those are, those are people that you know. And, and you know their needs better than, better than we do. So please continue, continue to pray for them. This week, tomorrow's the food pantry. If you can help, please, please come and, and, uh, and, and help with the food pantry. Wednesday, we're having a eat and a sing. The food is provided at six o'clock. We, we're trying to get more interest in, in singing and we thought maybe that food would draw some people in, I guess, I don't know. But, but so don't think that it's a potluck, please, Come, and, and the, there'll, there'll be food here at, at 6 o'clock. We can eat together, and, and, and then, we can, then, then we can sing. We know that 6 is a little early. Food, yeah, food is a, food is a, is a great draw, hopefully. And uh, please, please come and, and enjoy the, the food and the, and the singing. This week also, Saturday is going to be a trunk or treat here at the church at, at six o'clock. Please come and enjoy that. And the food pantry will continue to, to collect food. Um, it says small cans of vegetables and, and boxes of, of mac and cheese. I've had that many a time at my house, so I know it's good. All right then. So thank you. Continue to pray for those who are sick. Oh, see, I almost forgot. Steve Sharp Sr. went to ER with back pain, possibly a pulled muscle, and Angel Harvey is homesick with virus symptoms. Thank you.
Let's stand together and sing number 628 together and we'll be closed out in prayer. 628. If the name of the Savior is precious to you, if his care has been constant and tender and true, if the light of his presence has brightened your way, oh, will you not tell of your gladness today? again for this opportunity to gather together here and worship in your presence. Father, this world, it tries to give all an impression that it has the answers. But Father, we are very blessed. Many of us here today are very blessed because we know the truth. There are those in our community and our families and our friends and our neighbors, many of those who don't know the truth. They don't know the power of one drop of your precious blood, Father. Rather, they, they choose to drink from a fire hose offered by the world. Father, we know here that one drop of your blood is more powerful than anything the world could ever offer. We need not seek any fountain. We need not seek any worldly thing. Father, you have sought us. We are so thankful for that. As we leave here today, I pray that each and every one of us set an example. We walk in the light. We act as proper representatives of your word. Father, I pray for the names that I've written on my bookmark that's tucked in my Bible. I pray for the names that have been written on any bookmark that looks like mine. Father, as we leave here today, please guide us, guard us. 
all these things in your Son, Jesus Christ, in your name we pray. Amen.